0: everybody, to Allie, Erin, and the multiverse. We are here talking about Star Trek Lower Decks, and this is episode two titled Envoy. I'm here with Allie, and we are back after a short break. We're super excited to be talking about this episode, and episode three will be coming right after it. We are gonna get all cut up for you guys. I'm Erin, I'm the big nerd of this podcast. I've watched lots and lots of Star Trek since I was about seven years old. I've seen pretty much all of it probably five or six times. And Allie is new to Star Trek. She's seen pretty much none of it. And this is her second episode, I guess, which is exciting. She's seen the Star Trek movies, and I think that's just about
1: it. Allie? Yeah, I basically watched the J.J. Abrams movies, and I started watching the very first Star Trek series. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but I didn't get too into it. So I'm excited for this new, I guess you could call it a revival of Star Trek in animation. So it's fun.
0: Why don't you go ahead and give us an overview of the episode, what happened, and what you thought about it, and then we can start going from the start to the end.
1: Okay, so basically, Boimler gets assigned to escort a Klingon, like, warrior general guy? General Corinne. Yes, General Corinne. He gets tasked to escort him to, I forgot what it's called. Goldana? Yeah, so he gets tasked to do that and he tells Mariner about it and then Mariner somehow ends up on this mission with him as well mariner and general corinne actually know each other and it kind of just goes into corinne stealing the ship and then once they land and then mariner and boimler have to find the ship before they get court-martialed so it's that little adventure and it's fun because we get to see more of mariner and how knowledgeable she is about everything going on and boimler and his more book side of the knowledge
0: so what did you think of this episode versus the first one because that one was at like this crazy speed and you're learning about everybody and the characters but this one felt more like a mission they were going on
1: so this one i half liked more than the other one and half didn't i liked the action in the first one because it was like really intense and you know everything was going on at the same time yes it was fast but it was very like action-packed whereas this one i feel like when they were searching for corinne you know it was a little slower of a pace and then also with even with rutherford like when he was finding all those different jobs on the cerritos and he was trying everything out it was a little slower paced in that sense but what I liked more is that we got a little more in-depth information about the characters and we got to see kind of their backstories a little more. Not necessarily backstories, but kind of see more into their personalities, I guess you could say.
0: I agree. It was it was sort of up and down with the pace of it. I think this episode was a lot more for the like a viewer like me because it was full of so many references. We'll talk about it more when we go from the start to the end of the episode episode, but it was just reference, reference, reference. And for me, that was super enjoyable. But my first thought when
1: I finished it was, oh, I'm going to be explaining a lot of things to Allie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't necessarily get the references, but I think I like understood that they were references, you know, like there were things that I just didn't necessarily, not that I didn't enjoy them, but they weren't as enjoyable to me as they would have been if I had known what they were referencing. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I I
0: totally understand what you mean. And I think it'll be fun to talk about sort of like when we were talking about the holodeck and I got to explain that to you. I thought those kind of things are fun to sort of unpack. I think this is one of the one, one of the episodes that if we would have been watching it together would have been, you know, in the same place would have been a little bit easier on you because it was it really was like breakneck speed but i i really liked it i really liked this episode and i laughed a lot so let's start at the beginning and we had that opening sequence with mariner and tendy and they're walking down the ship and they've got those this like pallet load of containers and mariners telling tendy they should go down to the bar and make a what was it make one of the guys fight fight with her or
1: something like that you know what i might have missed that i don't remember that because the first thing i remember seeing was the blue shiny like that's the first part of that sequence that i remember is the blue shiny orb thing
0: i mean that's the right thing to remember because that's the focus this was just like the the quick joke off to the side she was like let's get him to pick a fight with us and tandy's like why and she's like know. Oh, it'll be entertaining and then the orb comes <laughs> in and he's like subjugate yourselves Yeah. <laughs> i thought i i just think it was super funny because that, you know, that thing thinks he's so tough and she just literally jumps out and grabs it. Quick, put it in a container.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really funny. And then how they made him like create, I'm assuming it was him. I don't know if it was actually him. But. Yeah, if he had a male sounding voice, Yeah. Yes, I thought it was funny how they just made him like create this, Tried hard, where- it was cl- Yeah. And so then he just became smaller and then he didn't make it with the batteries. And she was like, really? Like, why would I ask for something without the batteries and then they just walk away after he's like this tiny little dot
0: and when he's making that battery he's just like ah! <laughs> yeah, looks- the captain walks by and she's like i need something cool to say when we go to warp like it's warp time i thought that was so funny because in star trek captain picard is always saying make it so that's where that reference from. she she Got wants it. to be a cool captain but i thought that was super funny
1: it's interesting to see her as well throughout even in the next episode, too, which I won't talk about yet. But it's interesting to see her develop as a character.
0: The captain, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed.
0: I, I think that we are seeing that she... You know what? You're right. I don't think we should talk too much about it because it's it. that's next episode stuff.
1: But yeah, she does a lot more of her character development, I feel like, in episode three, so we'll get into that. She. That was her only scene, I think, in this episode, really. Oh, no, wait. No, she was in it when... Rutherford was in the Oh wait. I think that was Commander Ransom that he was with Maybe, yeah. Okay, so the the
0: main story is that Mariner has decided to go on this mission with Boimler, which she initially makes fun of him for because he's all like, Who's got the good mission? And she's like, That is not a good mission. And he's like, Shut up, you're stealing my moment. And <laughs> then they go to the shuttle and you know, he's he's like, Hey guys, and, and they give him that look and you know, he's he's trying so hard to be cool. Oh yeah. Mariner's there with noodles and everything all over
1: the consoles. You know, he's he's real upset that she's there. What did you think about that whole bit? I think I was surprised at first to see her. Well, I was surprised to see her there because I wouldn't have expected her to jump on the mission. But I wasn't surprised because it kind of seems like her role is to kind of annoy Boimler in a way, but also be there to like be his guide or guidance like not guidance counselor but kind of guide him along and get him to break out of his I only read books and that's where I get all my knowledge type habits you know mm-hmm. and then also I just should have guessed that she had some connection to general was general Cur- corinne Corin corinne <laughs> general corinne yeah yeah so I just should have guessed that too but <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think she went on the mission, A, because General Corrin was there, and B, I think she, as much as she seems to have a bone to pick with Starfleet, I mean, she's chosen to stay with it, and I think she wants the best for him, and she knows she's probably been there before, or if she hasn't, she knows a lot of those types of people. And so I think she understands that he doesn't even know what he's walking into. He thinks it's going to be this diplomatic mission, and really it just goes
1: off the rails. But to be fair, would it have gone off the rails if she was not there? I think it would have because General
0: Corinne got super wasted in the shuttle and she mentions that he always does that. So I think she went along as the controlling factor of that. She was sort of, you know, she anticipated it and she knew she could deal with whatever came from it. So I think she was there. I think she was there to try to help him not fuck it up.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Then, uh, so they get in the shuttle, and we
0: could see that awesome scene from all of the previous where she's like, "It's the blast shield. It goes up and it goes down. Blast shield." <laughs> I love that. That was funny. That's how I knew I was going to enjoy the series. From that little moment, I, yeah,
1: I love that. It was fun. I think it shows her playfulness and just like how you don't necessarily have to take your job completely seriously in the sense that like you don't have to do everything by the book like there is space to like not completely screw around but like you know there's time to enjoy yourself in your job too if you're working on a spaceship like (laughs) hello well
0: I mean you and I worked together in the past and you know we worked crazy long hours we you know we dealt with uh guests who may have been drunk and you know we're, we're VIPs and things like that. So we both know that you find the moments to enjoy yourself and it makes the job better. You know, you're better if you're enjoying your job. So I think that's that's how she's sort of taking it. And also she, she has a, an
1: air of not giving a shit. Definitely. OK, so what happens next? So next. I guess they kind of like get ready and then General Corin ends up on the ship and then um, Boimler is trying to like impress him and everything with his Klingon and then he just totally I don't know if he messes that one up or not. He does later in the episode. But then Mariner just like hops in and starts punching Corinne and he starts punching her back. And it's like, what is going on? Like, how is this the proper way to greet someone that you're trying to be like diplomatic with and escort to where did you say it was again?
0: They were going to Tolgana for. And I wrote that down. I did not remember that off the top of my head.
1: So don't (laughs) don't feel bad. Awesome. well yeah so they start getting into a fight and then um boimler starts freaking out as expected and he's like what is going on like what are you doing and then turns out they're like besties pretty much you know yeah they've been they've been through some stuff together yeah
0: i don't think we've seen a lot of the klingons i think the last episode we saw the batleth that she had and then she stabbed boimler with it but the klingons yeah. they're all about honor they love to fight they practice fighting. When they're doing it, they're fighting. Their whole thing is about fighting. The women fight even harder than the men. It is all about battles. They love it. So it makes a lot of
1: sense that she would jump in there, and you know, then they start laughing and drinking. It's it's their whole thing. I mean, based on what you just told me about Klingons, it kind of seems like that's like their fun, and I'm doing air quotes right now, like their fun way of greeting each other. I guess you could say, you know, like yeah, like their friendly way of being like, what up, bro, or like, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know it's the the fight can be used for anything, I guess. But yeah, and it's you know it's just their vibe. And you're right, like Boimler, he had on the dress uniform, which I love the show. The uniforms are iconic, but it, I've always felt they phoned that one in. They're like, hmm, let's just make it longer and a little gold on the trim. That's
1: it. <laughs> That's interesting.
0: Yeah, the the uniforms and the fashion of the future are are real weird. The uniforms look good, but the fashion is, is out there. But anyway, so they're on the ship, and you know, then they land on the planet, and they land in little Kronos. And so Kronos is the Klingon homeworld. So it looks like this planet is sort of, it, you know, we live in Los Angeles. We have little Tokyo and things like that. Same thing. This planet is like Epcot. They just have different lands for different cultures, and we are going to travel through them through this episode, which is super fun. But we land on little Kronos and he's, General Corinne's passed out and they walk out of the shuttle and have a little bit of a, a talk and then Corinne steals the shuttle, slams into a few things and he's
1: off and uh, Boimler is very upset. Oh boy, he's like freaking out. He's like, we're gonna get court-martialed, we need to find the ship, blah blah blah. Also, quick side note, before they got to, before they got to Cronos, I thought it was funny how General Corinne was like, oh I have to tell you all about my like, sex escapades or whatever yeah and then the mariner was like what all two of them and i was like that's that's good but anyway yeah was, i just thought that was funny
0: that's friendship when you can make fun of someone else's sexual conquest come on
1: there you go <laughs> but back to <laughs> yeah but back to boimler um freaking out uh, mariner is definitely like oh he does this all the time don't worry like we'll find him it's fine The mariner actually doesn't remember that she can't beam up to the ship and then autopilot the, like, call the... The shuttle back? The shuttle back. So Boimler's like, see, this is, like, do you even read the handbook? Blah, blah, blah. Like, all this stuff. And she kind of... mission briefing. Yeah, yeah. So she she kind of gets her like not ass handed to her but crap like he's he's right like i can't you know
0: it shows that her blasé attitude isn't always cool because yeah just skimming the mission briefing was not in this situation helpful but it makes for a good adventure
1: that is true which is what we went on
0: (laughs) yeah so then they start walking and boimler's speed walking because He's a a (laughs) massive nerd. You know what, I I don't wanna hate on him too much. Uh, He does things that would drive us all crazy, but I feel like there's a little bit of that nerdiness that I understand. So, you know, don't want to hate on him too much, but obviously I'd want to be Mariner. I probably would never be Mariner, but that's who I'd want to be.
1: Well, I thought it was funny, too, the way they did it in the animation when he was speed walking. Mm-hmm. Obviously, at first it was just like his waist up and you couldn't tell. But then when it panned out to their, to like behind them, And you can see like his little, his hips just like shaking back and
0: forth. It's kind of cute looking and Mariner's just like, what are you doing? We're walking at the same speed. Exactly. That was funny. So they walk into uh, Little Kronos and there's all of these shops. It's got the feel of like a, I guess, a Klingon farmer's market, a bazaar sort of. And they go up to one of the stalls and there's a Klingon woman there. And they ask her, hey, have you seen General Corinne?
1: And she's like, why? And she gets real angry and uh so they were asking about him and then boimler kind of freaked out and then she was like are you hunting him or something like that and mariner was like oh no 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 like we want to bow down to him like the federation dogs we are yes yeah. Uh
0: huh. Yeah, and, and I like that she she pulls out this Klingon knife thing, and I forget it's got a name, but Uh, Worf from TNG. In the movie, he has one of those, and uh, he uses it. So I think that's another reference and if you saw all of the things on her in her stall that she was selling they all look like different types of worms yeah the klingons love blood worms they that's their thing yeah it's you should see it in in the live action when people are eating that it's real gross but i thought that was a cool kind of thing to see just see people doing that in a farmer's market style thing and she was like why are you following him and they're like no we want to bow down to him ah he went that away
1: <laughs> i think it's interesting how like she just gave that up so quick like she wasn't she wasn't any like she wasn't questioning it at all you know yeah i mean it that feeds into like the vibe of it being sort
0: of like a farce like this this doesn't exist in the real star trek universe so then they leave the klingon woman and they run into this dude and he's like a really big dude and he gets real pissed off and Mariner's gonna fight him, but then Boimler's like, no, we have a treaty! And she's like, ugh! And then she steals his pocket money pouch thing, throws it, but doesn't really throw it, and then the thing runs away, and she's got his money, and, and Boimler has like tried to speak its language, and what was it? They speak in guttural tones. Yeah. And then he <laughs> said, what was
1: it? He said something about- It said something about like females in feces or hiding in like, some weird- it's something offensive probably yeah uh-huh is it also important to mention that he was blue <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah i i don't know i don't know i just is my favorite color so
0: oh okay well listen there are gonna be a lot of blue species and more in this episode so i i think i forget what that species was i
1: feel like i wrote it down he kind of reminded me of like the abominable snowman but blue. yeah
0: he had <laughs> kind of a vibe didn't he
1: yeah <laughs> and so then
0: they like run away and uh, while this is all going on on the spaceship we got tendy and rutherford and they're hanging out and she's like hey you want to watch the pulsar with me on the uh, observation deck and he said oh i can't i've got things to do i've got to fix all these relays and she's like oh that sucks wouldn't it be great if we could you know do that together and then he's like well i guess i could just change careers and do something different and she's like oh my god great <laughs> then he starts trying new careers!
1: Yeah, he just goes all out, and it's it's interesting to see where he's successful and where he's not successful. Uh-huh. So, what did he start out with? He started out in... He started out in command with uh, yeah. Commander Ransom on the holodeck simulation of the bridge. I didn't think he was gonna be very good at that, to be honest, just based off of what we've seen of him. Um, and he definitely like froze a lot, you know, some of the simulations, well, all of them went poorly, but there was one where General Ransom was like, um, that has never happened in the thousands of simulations that we have run.
0: The best part was right after he said that he was like, let's do another one with even more children because all (laughs) children died. That was... So that's, that is sort of a reference. There's been all of these, um they're always doing simulations because you can use the holodeck for anything right so it's a great training tool there's something called the kobayashi uh, maru and it is it's from the original series oh i think it was in the movie right remember kirk did the simulation it's in the first one. Oh yeah he, he cheats to win so a lot of times these simulations are meant to be unwinnable it's more about like you know what did you do and how did you react but I like that his response was always like, maintain course. <laughs> that
1: was his default. That was his go-to.
0: Sir, they're, they're, they're shooting at us. Oh my God, they got the kindergarten. Oh my God, the pre-K, all of the children,
1: the children, what should we do? Maintain course. He would not be a good captain.
0: No, <laughs> no, nope, nope, that wasn't his skill set. And they also made a reference to the Janeway maneuver, which...
1: Oh yeah, what is that?
0: Okay, so Captain Janeway, it, she's the captain from Star Trek Voyager. Star Trek Voyager, the series was about a small ship and they got thrown 200,000 light years away, so like 80 years away from anybody else, and the whole entire series is about them trying to get home. And it's cool because they meet all these new people and all this crazy stuff happens, but there's no such thing as the Janeway maneuver, except now I guess there is but a lot of the things she did there was a lot of like time travel there was a lot of there was a lot of breaking rules but you know you kind of have to because you're further than anybody else you know you're you're out on your own and so i think it's more of a reference to her and all the crazy stuff she did you know she like teamed up with the board lots of crazy stuff but it was a funny joke and i liked it so then he obviously he's not successful there although i like that commander ransom was like super into it he was like let's do another one but he's, oh, yeah. when he decided to go and do that and he had talked to his head of his department and the guy was like what how dare you rutherford i just want to
1: tell you good luck in that other job you gotta follow your heart <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was definitely funny how in both sequences where that happened More so in the second one, which we'll get to in a second, but they were just so like supportive and it was so dramatic at first and then all of a sudden well i
0: feel like that's how we all feel you know in our lives like we've all braced ourselves when we had to say something to our boss or something that we were afraid to tell them i think that often you know the reaction can be negative but that's very starfleet where they were like and we wish you the best get in there so then he moves into the medical the med bay uh sick bay and he's really good at all of the technical stuff and the surgery and he's doing an amazing job. And the medical the chief medical officer, Tana, the cat lady, She's all about it and you're doing a great job. Now go over there and talk to that patient. He's in serious condition, but we want to keep him in a good mood while well, we take care of him. And he goes over there and he starts talking, but he just says horrible things. He's like, Oh hey man, you're gonna be fine. Your heart rate's 72. Oh wait, no, now it's 80. Oh wait, you need to calm down or you're gonna be you're gonna die. And the guy's like, <laughs> what I'm gonna die. Don't don't think about it. Think about the warp core.
1: I got injured in the warp core. Those are plasma birds? Oh my god, man, how are you still alive? He's really his bedside, man is not the worst but he is not good at keeping patients calm that is for sure
0: no no he didn't he's he's not uh suited for that but Tendy came over and handled it and that was a yeah. really short uh, tour of duty in there for him that that did not work out and so he moved over to security, security. and I think that was my favorite one he was with the Bajoran Security officer. I really like him because he's he's always like ready for something. He's like, let's destroy. Oh, yeah. It. Oh. <laughs> and he said, We're going to test your metal. Computer, activate simulation, Smorgasbord, which is the <laughs> funniest name for a program I've ever heard. Yeah. For sure. All of these Borg appear, and he's like, Oh my god, I don't know how to fight! And then he uses his computer and then just starts fighting in the funniest way I've ever seen. He's like, Ha ha! Oh, ah. And, <laughs> you know, he rips the guy's eye out at the end. And then the security officer, he's like, By the profits, I put people in here so they'll lose. But that was so funny. Like, he just, he was like flipping and stuff, and he was like, Ha ha! Oh, ah. he, it was like he was playing Street Fighter. Well, his computer was telling him what to do. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean it's honestly the best way to fight the Borg because if you try to fight the Borg with weapons they adapt the the
1: whole thing is you just don't want them to touch you because then they'll turn you into a Borg it's real bad. Is he not So what is the difference between him and the the Borgs?
0: Um that is an interesting question. So he has cybernetic implants that help him probably he probably needed them to live and they you know do provide him with enhancement right like he can program in fighting, apparently, which is super cool. The Borg, they are, this. Is, you know what, you ask a really difficult question. <laughs> the Borg are a collective species. They are made up of species from all over the galaxy, and you don't join the Borg. The Borg uh, assimilate you, and you become part of them. You don't get a choice, and they don't speak in terms of I am the Borg, we are the Borg. It's a, it's a collective consciousness. They have cybernetic nanotechnology, and it's not a case of you're partially human and partially cybernetic. It's all interwoven so much that it would be really, really hard to undo. It's it's possible, but it's really hard, and it, that it, that is a longer podcast. <laughs> but that's <I love> the <laughs> question. Um, they're different because Rutherford is still in control of himself. He he is not. He's enhanced by it, but he's not different than he was before the Borg lose all sense of who they are you're you're no longer you if you're the Borg. okay, got it. okay. all right, sorry that was long. I I need to get better at condensing my explanations of weird- we know it's good though it's helpful for me. so well I mean listen at some point we'll have to do like a special podcast and watch Star Trek first contact and that will tell you all you need to know about the Borg. It is the best Star Trek movie in my opinion. I believe we said this before. I'll fight for it.
1: Okay. Well, he did really well in the simulation, and then what's his name? The what? What's the big guy's name? Oh, his name is—I believe it's Shax, the Bajoran. Shax. I keep saying Bajoran because I'm not quite sure that I am getting his name right. Um. it's Shax. Okay, well, Shaxx, he brings uh, Rutherford in to meet the team, and he's like, he's amazing, blah, 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 and then Rutherford out of the corner of his eye sees someone coming from the tubes, and he's like, oh, man, and then this is the second Sequence where he's like, mm, I would like to request to be transferred back to engineering. And Shax is just like, Excuse me? What? And then they're all supportive of him and they're all like, Okay, like follow your passion, do what you love. But I thought that was going to go a lot different just based on <laughs> who is leading the security team, you know?
0: I believe he said, So they called it the Bear Pack. You know, it, it, that doesn't. Yeah growy feel to it, but it looks like in this instance it was in a nice way. And he was like, welcome to the bear pack, and then he was like, sir i request permission to leave the bear
1: pack and yeah, <laughs> no worries you gotta do what you gotta do follow your heart and he goes Oh bears oh and this is also that was cute but this is also where Shax is like what did he say it was in the previews he's like you're a real warrior and he's like okie dokie oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah when he was uh fighting the borg i love that and uh on
0: all of our instagram twitter stuff that's everybody's been okie dokie okie dokie that's <laughs> become the thing that that's up there with the uh flashy those are both fun for sure. Okay. So we've gone through that whole sequence and then we jump back to the planet. They're in little the people are called Andorians, so I'm gonna guess it's little Andor. Oh no no no, I'm skipping one. They were in Little Riza and dude, Riza. Riza's the pleasure planet. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Every episode that they go there, it's like everybody's men and women wearing if if it could turn into a porn at any moment. <laughs> And you know that statue they had in the middle of the um the, the fountain? It's it sort of had it looked like a little wooden statue and it was like a guy. I don't know if you noticed it. I noticed it right away because that statue and it was on all these buildings and everything. That's a totem. If you display this totem on Riza, it means you're seeking Jamaharon. And Jamaharon means you're looking to hook up that's what it means and so got it. that you know mariner leaves to go find the bathroom because she said she's got a blood piece and blood wine <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got boimler who's sitting at the fountain where the i don't know what
1: species she is what i
0: don't what is? remember what it was either but she
1: she looked normal for a second yeah basically she was like looked like this normal like stereotypical like hot chick and she like was like, "Oh, I can read your mind and your thoughts. I know what you want, blah blah blah." And You're she got so all so up over wrong. him. <laughs> yeah. So, she got all up over him and they were about to kiss and then Mariner like sprays them both with with water. a water hose. And then he's like, "What?" What are you doing? Why did you do that? Oh my gosh! Because obviously he was about to get laid, you know. Well, he he thought he was he thought he was about to get laid, but then she's like, she's gonna lay eggs in your in your throat and blah 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 and like yeah, that sounded that was... gross. And then she turned into like a like a, awesome a... raptor looking thing. It was like <sighs> yeah, or like a komodo. What are they called? The komodo dragons. Yeah. So that was intense. The wall. That was so weird. The way that she was like so feminine and like delicate Mm -hmm. when she was with him and then all of a sudden it's like going up the
0: that happened in some star trek episode i don't know if she crawled up the wall scary like that was very like alien uh there was definitely something similar to that in one of the star treks definitely a callback and uh yeah and so you know then they walk away from that poor boimler's just getting destroyed on this one he is not having a good time (laughs) i know right he's he's struggling and they go into the andorian district and they're talking and I think they might even be discussing the fact that he kind of sucks at this then they see inside the tavern that one of the Andorians, it's like an old dude, he he appears to be being attacked and Boimler rushes in and like with the best of intentions but even Mariner's like Boimler no! And he's like Phaser's the dude and he's like
1: Starfleet I order you to stop and then it, <laughs> it's definitely not what he thinks it is. No and that kind of confused me too because it's like He's an ensign on the Cerritos, Mm -hmm. so how much, like, power does he actually have over enforcing some of these rules, you know? Or is he just doing that out of his own accord because he wants to uphold the values and the treaties and everything, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think you're calling it, it's, he's
0: overzealously trying to help, but yeah, I don't think you can, you wouldn't just order someone, you're not on a Starfleet world or anything. I mean, all of these cultures are in the United Federation of Planets, but you're not the local cops. It's a it's a weird thing to say, you know, you can try to protect somebody. It could be like, stay right there, I'll, I don't know. It's like, there was a different way to go about it. But yeah. he, he went full dramatic with it, right? Like, I order you to stop. And then it wasn't an Andorian, it was a Vendorian which is a shapeshifter species. And I, I like that it turned into a little
1: cartoon, was, Now I'm a little boy and then jumped up. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. That was I mean, obviously not for the Andorians. It was very annoying but (laughs) then it was a bar fight oh yeah the bar fight that was they all got mad at boimler and he ended up getting like stabbed in the leg a couple times or something or had like shards of glass thrown at him and and then dick too because that's what it
0: looked like oh yeah
1: i think he got kicked in the dick or something like that (laughs) i don't know that was funny and then everyone just started fighting with everyone because obviously in a bar fight you have to have the guy who started it by accident duck and then someone else gets hit, which makes everyone else mad at each other. And then it <laughs> just is a domino effect. Classic bar fight scene.
0: Yeah, no, it was perfect. And then she, uh, Mariner saves the day, pulls out all that cash she stole from the uh, the other dude and uh, buys everybody around her drinks. And they, they like- Five oh, rounds. Oh yeah, that's a good way to, that would stop me from bar fighting. Five rounds. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and they're they're like lifting her up do you remember that yeah and then she's like um excuse me sir i don't know you you're dealing with pressures like starfleet property or something like starfleet property you're handling right there i don't know yeah
0: <laughs> and then and then we find boimler off to the side and he's got his pants down and he's like crying he's like i'm i'm gonna leave starfleet i should just work on a research station where I'll die and they'll have to identify me from my message. He's all sad.
1: Oh my god. Bormler's so sad. He definitely takes things to the extreme sometimes, I think.
0: Yeah, but it I mean it shows that he is he, you know, he's an ensign, he's brand new, he's really inexperienced, and she this whole thing shows her experience. And she, you know, rubs that little salve on his wound that she's created from the tree, and then he throws his communicator down and he's like, I'm I'm done with it all. And and uh you can see mariner wants to you know she she wants him to not feel so bad
1: yeah and she's definitely like you said in the beginning of the podcast she's like encouraging him making sure he like you know like she's been through it all so she wants him to succeed and stuff obviously she doesn't want him to quit or anything and he's a good addition to the team he just needs to kind of get his feet A little more wet you know
0: yeah so what did you think of uh,
1: what happened next so at first I was happy because Boimler got a win Mm -hmm. and then you see the scene later so let me explain what happened though so basically I don't remember the species type again but it was like oh what was it that species is a Ferengi and she called it a Bolian. OK, so basically they came up on the Ferengi. Am I saying that right? Yep. And she, so she was like, oh, no, it's a bullion. We can follow him, blah, blah, blah. And he was basically trying to tell them, like, hey, I have this ship. I can take you wherever you need to go, blah, blah, blah. You are <laughs> Um, oh, Yes, mm. <laughs> definitely very mischievous and everything. And so Boimler was like, We can't trust him. What are you doing? Because Mariner had agreed to go with him. And then Mariner's like, No, he's fine. He's safe. He's a bullion. Like, we can trust him. And Boimler's like, No, that's a Ferengi. Like, he's doing all the typical things a Ferengi would do. Hey, yeah, come on. <laughs> With the fingers. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually they start walking and Boimler is like, What's your what's your confirmation code or like sure, your landing, your landing code, code or something? Yeah, because obviously if you have a ship, you need to have a landing code, which made sense. He didn't the so called Well, is he actually a Fer- Ferengi? A Ferengi, yep. He's just a nice one. So just
0: short backstory on the Ferengi. For a very long time the Ferengi, they are basically a they love profit. That's their thing. They live by the rules of acquisition. And so there's this big, it's their version of the Constitution. And it's all about how to gain profit and cheat money out of people and take advantage of people. That's their whole thing. And even the way that he was sort of dressed in that was part of that. In some of the later, like Deep Space Nine, which is another series, we'll talk about it at some point. In later stuff, you see that some of the Ferengi are starting to change and they're they're becoming more of a, a real, I guess, society because that—that that is a little bit of a one-note thing. It's really fun in some of the early episodes, but it gets a little kind of insane to think that every single person on the planet is just screwing everybody else over all the time. Although, right. if you look at the world right now—who knows? But anyway. <laughs> He's definitely doing the caricature of the the Ferengi. And he's definitely doing it, like you said, we find out later. He's putting on that whole thing for Mariner. Like when we see him, uh, jumping forward a little bit, but when we see him in the little video feed on her pad and he's got a monocle in and he's dressed super nice oh, yeah. and he speaks very eloquently. I thought that was A, super nice of him to do for her because you're basically asking someone to do a stereotype of themselves. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so super nice, but also really funny. But back to what you were talking about, that interchange. So
1: basically, he was like, oh, what's your landing code? And he couldn't come up with one. And then he stunned the guy when he took out his- Pulls out a knife? Yes. Boimler pulls out his uh, his phaser. Yeah, and so he, he- does he, like, stun the knife? Or he basically, like, phases it out of- Yeah, he doesn't hit him with it, which I was like, thank God, because if he would have actually have hurt that Ferengi, how bad would Mariner have felt? Oh my gosh, that would be horrible. Different story, different ending. But also I feel like Boimler is not the type to have his phaser set to phase. He's more the type to have it... Set to kill? Yeah, he doesn't have it. I feel like he... It either does stun or kill. Got it, okay. So I feel like he usually wouldn't have it on set to kill. He would probably have it set to stun and then if the situation arise he would set it to kill. I wouldn't like per I mean I don't I don't know, but I personally wouldn't have been too worried about him killing the guy.
0: Yeah, I mean pretty unlikely. There's Starfleet, they shouldn't lead with kill, but you know, I, I I would just worry that, you know, what if he like deeply stunned him or something? I don't know. That's true.
1: That's true. Yeah. So then that happens in the Frankie runs away and then Mariner's like, oh man, you you were right, and Boimler gets his gets his swing back and everything, and he's like, see, like, you can't, like, you have to trust me, blah, 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 like, all this stuff. Yeah, he's like, I know, how, I know what I'm talking about sometimes. And then
0: they run back, they see the shuttle, uh, Boimler sees it, they run up to it, it's got a bunch of parking tickets on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a joke, because there's no parking tickets in the future. But I like that she's like, what are they going to do? Send me a bill in space? That's funny. They run into the shuttle and they grab Corinne. And she's like, let's go ahead and just dump him in front of the the embassy because he was still passed out. And uh, she goes, unless that's not Starfleet enough for you. And he's like, it isn't, but let's do it. We're out of time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely like, you know what? We don't have to play by the rules all the time. We just need to get this guy here. And I don't want to be caught anywhere near him when he wakes up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and so they do that. They take off and... I love the ensign at the embassy who finds him there, and she's like, ugh, somebody let the Cerritos know we finally found General Kronos, or sorry, I said Kronos, that's the name
1: of the planet. <laughs> General Corin. I thought it was funny how he like grabbed her foot too, and she's like, no, what are you doing? Stop, like, get off me. She was so over it, like, she's dealt with oh, that yeah.
0: before, she definitely seemed experienced in, in her job. Yeah. It sounds a little bit like, I was gonna say, it reminds me of, of our workplace, man. Yeah. The some of the crazy things we had to deal with oh man but anyway so they get on the shuttle and they fly back toward the cerritos and she's like uh can we just not talk about this and she hands him back his comm badge and he puts it on so he's definitely feeling starfleet again and he's like this is a shuttle of safety, of course. And then just bam
1: to the bar and <laughs> throwing her under the bus. That was funny. And he's just like, he's going at her and he's just like, oh my throwing God. all the punches. Mariner thinks Ferengis
0: look like bullions. Can you believe that? Uh huh. And part of the joke is that bullions, they're blue. They're uh, very blue. They've got these big round heads. They look nothing like a Ferengi. So, it would be like a crazy mistake to make. And there's Bolians on the ship. They're in Starfleet. And they're like, walking around. So then we see her as she's walking. She's like, peace out. You guys have fun making fun of me. I'm out of here. And she leaves Ten Forward or they call Ten Forward the bar in Enterprise. I don't think all the bars are called Ten Forward, but I'm going to call it that because I like it. (laughs) Then we see her back in the bunk and she's talking to the Ferengi and their friends, and he says, the wife and I are thinking about taking a vacation on Ryza, and she's like, jealous. You know what you
1: should try? Jamaharon. (laughs) (laughs) See, now knowing what that means, that joke makes more sense to me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think I was like,
0: what?! <laughs> you should watch this episode at some point again, now that you know what all this stuff is. Because it really was, I think, the reference episode. It was just reference, reference, reference. There's probably yeah. there that I didn't get. I know that, you know, there were the species that they ran into with the guttural tones. I know that's a species from, I think it's from the original series, but that's not one that I'm as knowledgeable about. There's so much in there. So that, that was the reference episode. And at the end, we find out that Tendi didn't care about you know seeing or being in a specific place, she just wanted to be with him to watch this pulsar, which I thought was really sweet. She was like, eh, "It wasn't about this." Good thing you didn't try to change your job just
1: for me. And he's like, "Hi!" <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh he's so in love with her well i w- not necessarily in love but you know he's hardcore crushing on her and i can't tell if she's also like like she's definitely crushing on him a little but she made a comment at the very beginning of the episode where she was like they were talking about some guy and she's like oh yeah he's a he's a hottie or he's a catch and she's like Rawr. ah you know i think she can she can be both i think the fact that she was interested in spending
0: time with him and wanted to see this pulsar but it didn't matter to her where she did it she just wanted to be with him shows that she was definitely interested because the jeffries oh kid, yeah not comfortable like small space and everything i think that says a lot that she was willing to just
1: be there and do that with him so i thought that. yeah was- i thought it was a cute way to end the episode too Okay, well, we made it through episode two. What did you think of this one? Give me your overview. So I think it, like I said in the beginning too, it was like a lot of things that I just didn't really get as much, but I think I'll definitely watch it again and enjoy it more now that I know some of the things and we've talked through it. But I think it was a good episode overall. Um, It was less action-packed, I would say, than the first one. Not all series are gonna have all action every episode. So I thought it was good and like, I said at the beginning, I really liked how we got to see more on a more personal level, like Mariner and Boimler, even Rutherford a little bit. Not so much Tendy this episode. You know, we kind of got to see the way they think and the way they do things. So it was a nice little, it was a nice little in to their mindset. You know what? I,
0: I agree with all of that.
1: It was a nice, we got to see more of what everybody was
0: about, I think. Not so much Tendy, like you said. I bet we have a big Tendy episode coming soon because I feel we had the Mariner episode I think most episodes are Mariner episodes we've, <laughs> yeah we've got the Boimler episode this one I think was the Rutherford episode and maybe next episode will be the Tendy episode who knows we, it's almost like we haven't watched it yet
1: at all yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right well, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate everybody waiting on this second episode. We're brand new to this first podcast ever. You know, we've had a lot of help. Our sound is going to be a lot better this episode, we bet. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter. We I did want to quickly shout out um, that we've made some really good friends with other podcasts, uh, mostly Star Trek podcasts, through doing this that have been really helpful and also just really nice. Strange New Pod, they've been amazing. They've shouted us out. They made a little gift for me based on the next episode because I, I saw there was a specific scene in it that I really liked. And I was like, can someone gift this for me? Because I suck at technology. And they just did. And they're just, they've been super supportive. They shouted us out in an episode, so I'm shouting them out in an episode. We can do this every time. But I'm excited for their podcast. They seem like they know what they're doing. So uh, it's nice to actually have someone to
1: look to and be like, oh, that's, that's what you're supposed to do, okay. It's been really cool too, since you are more kind of in charge of our Instagram side of things since I am you know starting school and whatnot. not um, it's nice to see since I am signed on it's nice to see all the notifications and all the support that we've been getting so far from everyone and just it's cool to see how quickly this is blowing up you know
0: yeah no I agree and yeah thanks to everybody who's liked and subscribed and is following us that's been really cool to see that I was like oh my god people like what we're
1: doing yeah and the whole point of this is just for us to you know bond over new things and especially this series is more more me learning and you getting to enjoy your star trek like world so I, I love sharing and I like that you're you're taking an interest
0: in it and uh it's something new for us both to watch but I think you're right the the whole point of this whole thing was just that we get to talk and chat more because we don't work together anymore and I was used to seeing you like 12 to 15 hours a day almost every day yeah <laughs> it, it's nice to uh have a we have a reason to connect because sometimes I think just engineering a reason to connect makes you connect more right? There, you know, you have friends where you're like, oh, I haven't called them in three weeks, but we get to talk to each other every week because we've made a
1: made a thing to talk about, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is, and it's nice to see that people are supporting this and listening to the podcast, even though our reason for starting it was purely like personal and just to get to chat. So it was selfish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay well uh we're gonna call this the end of episode two and i hope you guys will come back and listen to episode three these episodes should be dropping pretty close together but episode three is entitled what Allie? temporal edict temporal edict all right so we'll see you guys soon Bye. bye